0: In this edition of Locked On Capitals, Matt Weirich joins me as we talk about the injuries facing the Caps and their struggles as of late on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up or leave some comments. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Dan Caps 218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. So, in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we are happy to have Matt Wyrick once again of NBC Sports Washington. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate you having me on. So just taking a look at this team, what is going on with the Capitals? The Caps, in the month of December, posted an 11-2-2 record. In the month of January, they are 4-6-1. What is behind this, ultimately?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a lot of different factors that kind of go into this here. I think, you know, the goaltending has taken a bit of a step back. It was kind of otherworldly in December, and, and it's regressed a little bit. Uh, We've seen some certainly some flashes from Darcy Kemper throughout this month. I think overall he's still been a very solid to above average goaltender, but I think there have been some goals, particularly ones with traffic up front where he hasn't been able to locate them as well, uh, and some low danger chances are are falling past him. So that's been a factor. The PK, uh, which had also been otherworldly, has taken a bit of a step back. There's been some injuries there. Uh, there's been injuries, you know, up and down the roster, of course, this has been the theme with this Capitals team. John Carlson is out right now. That's that's been a factor. Alex Ovechkin missed a game. Nick Dowd, an important penalty penalty killer uh, out for at least a little bit moving forward. So, you know, they've been dealing with some absences there. And then just the offense. I mean, the offense has definitely been a, a big factor here. The power play, uh, I believe, is one for its last 19, maybe one for its last 20. Uh, so really, really been struggling there, just kind of on special teams, getting finding the back of the net, finishing plays. Uh, and I think that was a big factor in last night's game uh, as to why they weren't able to beat the Avalanches. You know, they were creating chances. They they actually looked good overall offensively, but just weren't able uh, to beat Yorgiev and, and ultimately put enough pucks on net to to win the game.
0: And that was a bit of the frustrating thing in the game is, uh, you know, there were certain spots that I think the Capitals actually played better than the Avalanche. They just weren't able to to come away with a victory. Caps lose 3-2 to two to the Avalanche. Washington goes 1-2-0 oh on its three-game road trip out west. And, you know, even kind of rewinding time a little bit back to that game against Vegas, um, it just seems that for whatever reason, the Capitals struggle every time they play in Vegas. Um, you know, a lot of people – pointed to the fact that Alex Ovechkin wasn't in that game, but ultimately that isn't what all it had to do with, you know, it was the net minding and it was, you know, the grand total of everything else. What, you know, and even in the Vegas game in this Colorado game, what is
1: going on behind that? Do you believe? Well, I think in the Vegas game, turnovers were a huge issue. I mean, they had four in the defensive zone that turned into goals for, for Las Vegas. And that was just, you know putting putting Darcy Kemper in a terrible spot where, you know, he really had no chance in stopping a lot of those shots. So I I didn't really pin that game on him. I felt like it was a a lot of just costly mistakes uh, that capital skaters were making in the wrong places. You know, I I don't know if there are a lot of honestly parallels between those two games. They played them very differently. Uh, I think that the caps were able to set the tempo uh, with the avalanche, whereas they were kind of trying to play catch up uh, on their own heels uh, with Vegas, you know, pushing the tempo there. So you know, they were two pretty different games in my mind. I don't want, I almost want to say that, that Vegas was an outlier game. It was probably the worst game that the Capitals have played this season, and they were just, you know, bad in pretty much every facet, where I felt like in the Avalanche game, while they didn't get the win, and certainly it hurts to get a regulation loss, they, they looked like they bounced back. They, they looked like they were, you know, playing a bit more cohesive, and I think that kind of showed that they addressed some of the issues that they had over in Vegas. So just taking a look at it, you know,
0: Alex Ovechkin said that he wasn't 100% in the last game. Like I've talked to other people, I would almost take Alex Ovechkin at 50% than a lot of other players out there. When you were watching the game the other night, last night rather, what was your assessment of Alex Ovechkin on the ice? It seems like he was dialed in maybe a little bit slow at times, but uh, he still seemed to play a pretty good game, all things considered.
1: Yeah, you know, I think he eased into it a little bit. He didn't register his first shot on goal until the second period, and uh, maybe he was hanging back waiting for the pucks to come to him as opposed to, you know, the Alex Ovechkin that we've seen this season who is not afraid to get greasy, get up uh, in in the crease and, and try to create opportunities, create shots. And he definitely was doing that. I think maybe not doing it as much, but certainly still filled out the stat sheet in the way that Alex Ovechkin can. Obviously scored his 811th career goal. So, you know, all in all, a successful game for the grade eight. but. Uh, maybe one where he kind of had to ease into it coming off of uh, what was originally described as maintenance and, and ended up costing him a game. So what is it ultimately that was wrong with him? Uh, you know, I've heard maintenance day
0: and then he wasn't in the game. What was the root cause of his injury or are are you privy to that information?
1: All we know is that it was lower body. Uh, it was something that that cropped up that day. Uh, they decided to hold him out of morning skate, listed him as a game time decision. Uh, the Capitals announced that it was a maintenance thing, but ultimately LaViolette decided to give him the day. Uh, you know, I, I was it kind of made sense with the, the way their schedule was to give him a few days off. I mean, 37 year old player, you know, if, right. if he does have something where he's not able to go full go, it's a long season. You definitely want him there for the playoffs. Uh, why not give him a day off? Ultimately, you know, it was a game they would have liked to win. Uh, you know, playing a, a very good team in the Golden Knights, but also it's a team in the Western Conference where the the wins maybe don't matter as much as, as those against the East. So I don't know if that necessarily played into it or not, but certainly uh, the Capitals are glad to have him back in the lineup and it showed uh, against the Avalanche, even if they didn't get the win.
0: Because the Capitals are in a bit of an interesting position as of right now. They are in the second uh, wild card spot. So, you know, all the strides that were made in the month of December, you know, I don't want to get crazy and say that this team is falling apart, but they did lose two, you know, big games against two pretty big opponents. And that's always a good measuring stick of the team. Are you concerned about these last two losses or do you think
1: that they're kind of just blips on the radar? I don't know if I'm concerned necessarily at this point. I mean, it's it's a long season. There are ebbs and flows. They were coming off of one of their best months uh, that they've had in the last five years in December. And they come out a little bit slow here in January. They've they've lost to some bad teams. The Flyers notably beat them twice. And that's obviously something that the Capitals uh, weren't expecting. And, and maybe it serves as a bit of a wake-up call for this team. But you know, th- there, there's a lot of ups and downs throughout an 82-game season. I think What I am concerned about is just the amount of teams that are where they are in the standings right now in the Eastern Conference. The Caps have five teams uh, or sorry, three teams within five points of them uh, for that second wildcard spot. The Islanders, the Panthers and the surging Sabres all right behind them right now. I think there's a lot of competitive teams uh, in this conference and it's going to be tough in order to secure that playoff position. And not to mention the fact that they're tied uh, with the Penguins right now at 56 points on the season heading into tomorrow's game. Uh, you know, this is a, a Capitals team that is is on the uh, downswing of its, its core. It's, you know, an older older team. Uh, you know, a lot of guys that have been there a while and now are getting into through mid-upper 30s. It's, it's up to them to to continue at this pace, even with the injuries they've had. Um, but they also, you know, they played the most games in the NHL, and I think that that's something there where the Penguins have three games in hand and a lot of teams behind them have a couple of games in hand. So the Capitals have got to keep winning, got to keep their foot on the gas pedal and make sure that this recent stretch doesn't turn into a long-term skid.
0: All right, so after the break here, we are going to talk about the injuries facing the Capitals. Yes, Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom out of the lineup again. What does that mean for this Capitals team? We'll talk about that next. The NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for On because they're the number one sports book in America, America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player spreads and props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with Same Gay Parlay. And guys, even if you're not into betting, you could bet on an upcoming Capitals game like the Caps take on the Penguins. It makes watching the games that much more exciting all on the app that's safe and secure and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 and get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NFL. All right. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. So for the Caps they had, they take a look at Tom Wilson and you take a look at Nick Backstrom. We both know missed a substantial amount of time. And all I know right now is that Nick Backstrom missed the game due to a non-COVID-19 related illness or injury. And Tom Wilson took that shot off what looked to be around his ankle. What is the latest on Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom?
1: Yeah, Backstrom is just day-to-day right now. He uh, had a a bout with COVID back over Christmas, so this is the second time he's sick uh, in a month span. So certainly uh, not a great month uh, for him, just having to deal with that uh, sandwiched around his return. But uh, I would expect that he is a candidate to be back in the lineup if he's feeling better come tomorrow. Uh, with, With Tom Wilson, the Capitals had off today, so there was no update on his status, no way of knowing. Uh, If he was able to go out there and practice, but certainly not when you want to see him skating off the ice very gingerly after taking a shot, uh, as you mentioned, around that lower right leg area. The good news is that it is not the leg that he got his ACL surgery on. That was his left knee. So certainly good news that it did not hit that leg, uh, but with him skating off and and not even coming back out to test things out, uh, the quick rule out is not something uh, that fans want to see. So his status moving forward is something that you'll definitely want to keep a track on.
0: Because I was listening to NHL Network Radio on the way home, and all they said is it doesn't look as bad as everyone thought. He's listed as day to day, not some worst case scenario like long term injured reserve. So it's kind of a tough time for the Capitals as TJ Oshie has gone back to DC for the pending child that he's going to be having here soon. Nick Dowd is out with a mysterious injury as well. Plus, you take a look at John Carlson, who's on the LTIR. Are there any updates on any of those players? I guess we know what's going on with Oshie, but what? What is the latest uh, with
1: Nick Dowd? Yeah, Dowd. Uh, he said he Peter Laviolette said he would be out for quote a bit. So that is kind of where we're at right now. Haven't gotten a substantial update from him uh, on Dowd's status, but he has not uh, returned to practice as of yet. So certainly he'll need to get some practice reps in before he gets back out on the ice. So I would not expect to see him uh, out there tomorrow, barring some unforeseen return where all of a sudden he's feeling great out there for morning skate and, and is able to go. Um, As for uh, John Carlson, uh, no real update for him. Uh, I I think that his move is being on LTIR is important considering the cap implications. If the Capitals are going to bring him back, uh, it is going to probably require moving some players around, possibly a trade. So I would imagine as we get closer to the March 3rd trade deadline, that's when things start to become more clear uh, about John Carlson and uh, his potential return. No update on, on how his recovery is going, but certainly... Uh, he was ruled out for a while, quote, indefinitely uh, after taking a puck to the face and, and, and losing a lot of blood. Definitely a scary injury, but, but something where, you know, it just kind of takes time to heal, heal those cuts up uh, and then be, being able to come back from there. So one of the positives, I guess,
0: if there is a positive to take away from an injury is that Alexi Protus has had another opportunity. And I think all things considered, he played pretty well in the last game. What were your
1: thoughts on Alexi's game? Yeah, you know, Protus playing in his first NHL game in a month, uh, I thought he looked great, you know, playing center, which, uh, you know, he'll tell you he's a Swiss Army knife, he'll do whatever, mm-hmm. and he certainly has risen to the occasion of playing wherever the Capitals need him to play. But I, I think he's looked best at center uh, in the few opportunities he's had to play there this season. Looks good in the, in the face-off circle, is able to use his physicalness, uh, his strength, uh, in order to get those pucks out. Uh, and, and I think that he, you know, he creates chances. He looked really good, you know, pulling a koozie move, trying to to pass to himself off of the back wall uh, and set up a shot. It almost worked He had several chances that looked like he was going to score. Didn't ultimately find the back of the net. But, you know, for a player of his age, 22 years old, uh, I think that he's shown a lot of promise here with the Capitals. And, and I think, you know, if he continues to develop, he's going to have a, a pretty good role on this team moving forward. And another uh, outstanding game, according to Peter Laviolette, was
0: Marcus Johansson as well. You know, it was kind of a questionable move last offseason where they picked him up, or I guess it was at uh, the free agency deadline, if I remember right on that one, where they picked up Marcus Johansson. And I'm like, why are we trying to retread this tire once again. We did this with Marcus Johansson before and he got bounced around to five other teams. It does seem, you know, I'm definitely wrong in this case because Marcus Johansson has killed it out there as far as I'm concerned, just a really pleasant acquisition, reacquisition if you will.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that down the stretch last year we didn't see a ton of him and, and that's why fans were kind of confused as to why they were bringing him back it was like we really didn't see him make much of an impact he did score a goal in that first round series against the panthers but other than that you know we weren't calling his name too often uh down the stretch last year they end up bringing him back and it's proved to be a pretty solid move for this capitals team i think he's played really well in the power play uh you know and moving down to a fourth line role lately which uh you know i think that he had been playing well in the third line i, I didn't think he necessarily needed to be moved down there but uh, with with the injuries that they've had, it's kind of been necessary. And, you know, I think he's played well, regardless of who he's been paired up with. He skates well with the puck. Uh, you know, I, I think that he certainly provided what the Capitals wanted for him and they gave him a one year deal.
0: So another player that's coming up on free agency or restricted free agent is Dylan Strom. Another guy that's come here to fill the void in Nick Backstrom's absence. Of course, Backstrom came back way more earlier than anyone thought. The outlook on him was it wasn't going to be the end of this season or possibly the beginning of next season rather. So, but for him to come back from a procedure that was kind of ruled as, you know, not good for him. Um, it's interesting to see what's going to happen with Nick, or excuse me, uh, what's going to happen with Dylan Strom. Where where is he going to fill in uh, on this team going forward? We know that he was brought here to fill the void for Nick Backstrom. What is ultimately the plan in your assessment
1: for Dylan Strome going forward? Yeah, I mean, he's still getting time on that top line with Alex Ovechkin, a role that I think really suits him. Uh, you know, he's not a player who's necessarily going to be you know pushing the puck down the ice, skating, uh, really well with it and in creating vertical offense I think he plays his best hockey when the Capitals are able to set things up uh, and, and move things around the ice kind of the tic tic tic-tac-toe passing uh, type setup and, and that's exactly where, where Alex Ovechkin thrives and he, where he sets up in his office waiting for the right pass waiting for the defense to leave him open enough to find an opening and that's exactly what Strom has been able to do with you know among the team leaders and assists this year I think you know he's been an all-around great player and, and somebody that they'd certainly see uh, as part of their plans moving forward, being a restricted free agent this offseason, you know, there's no doubt that the Capitals will be able to bring him back uh, if they want to. They have, of course, their own cap situation to figure out a lot of players uh, that are going to be potential free agents this offseason that they have to sort through a lot of defensemen, namely. So they have to decide, are we going to spend on another center? Do we want to you know, move some of that money over to the blue line? Uh, to compliment Carlson and Farivari, uh to, to bring in more people to stick around. Ferravari himself, a restricted free agent. So there's a lot of different factors at play here. And I think that, you know, there are several players they could be bringing back. It's just going to kind of depend on how things shake out.
0: You know, and that's kind of the tough position for the, you know, you bring in these guys on cheap deals. You take a look at Gustafson. He has far exceeded anyone's expectations. So of course he's going to demand more money next year. Same goes for Dylan Strom. I still don't know why the Blackhawks decided to part with him. Do you think the Caps will be able to get these players or do you think that they'll be too valuable at the end of the season that they'll probably have to move on from them?
1: I mean, you know, Eric Gustafson being where he is in his career, I don't think he's going to command a super long-term deal. So I think he would absolutely be uh, within the price range for the Capitals. I think that Dmitry Orlov is playing his way uh, into a new contract. He might be somebody that could be priced out. I think he's been a very underrated player uh, for this team for years and and is really enjoying, you know, apart from, from missing, you know, three, four weeks with an injury has been enjoying one of his better years uh, lately. So I, I think that he is somebody that could potentially be on the move, but, uh, honestly, if, if they value him enough, they might bring him back to, to be a critical part. You know, top top blue liner, obviously Carlson's there and he's going to be there for a while. But uh, to bring Orlov back as well could, could really solidify you know, the top end uh, of their defenseman pairing. So we'll see what, what they decide to do, but certainly a, a lot of different ways this this could go.
0: All right. So after the break here, the trade deadline is in March. And are there any pieces that the Capitals have? Do they need to pick up a forward, a defenseman? Do they need to pick up a goalie? We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next segment, we like to talk about trades because trades are fun to talk about and you hear a lot of different names mentioned. Most notably, Anthony Mantha. I hear about Mantha more than anyone in the, you know, what people think is a good idea is ridiculous. I think they should trade Mantha, you know, for Bull Horvat or Eric Carlson. And I always tell these people, I'm like, well, it's going to be them plus, 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 if you're ever going to, you know, structure a deal like that. And ultimately, I don't see the Capitals making any moves like that. If they do, I see him making a move like another Sonny Milano or Nicholas Abe-Cubell. Small moves, I guess I got to say, but taking a look at Anthony Mantha. uh, There's speculation brewing of Anthony Mantha and the Montreal Canadiens. This is an inside scoop from Washington Hockey Now. My sources tell me there's no truth or substance to this. The two teams have not been linked together regarding number 39. Do you know anything about uh, Anthony Mantha and the Montreal Canadiens
1: connection? I can't. I can't speak to that. I can say that his 5.7 million dollar cap hit is certainly something where, uh, if John Carlson is going to be coming back off long term injured reserve before the end of the regular season, that is one of the most logical contracts to move, uh, if possible, just to free up that cap space. They really don't have a ton of other contracts that you know are high enough that would make sense. Uh, you know, th- these things kind of fall into place sometimes, as it did. Uh, With Baxter and Wilson coming back, they didn't actually end up losing anybody because of the injuries that they had because of the injury to Carlson. So it's hard to to predict these things weeks, months ahead, but certainly Mantha's contract is one uh, that could make sense to move uh, if they are facing a roster crunch and have to free up some
0: salary. Because that's one of the things they're going to have to do uh, at some point. Is that the only option that I see Mantha moving out of here this season is if you know just the Caps want to offload his contract to someone else. But being that he has been a healthy scratch and just out of the lineup, I don't think the return on Mantha would be that great. It would almost have to be a bundle deal. He was scratched for four of six games, got but got a chance to draw back in, and then just due to some unforeseen circumstances. But like you're talking about, there five point seven five million dollars cap hit. Do you think that there's going to be any takers on Anthony Mantha? So let's just kind of widen the lens and take a look at all of the NHL. I don't see any potential buyers for Anthony Mantha. What are your thoughts in general? Well, yeah,
1: I mean, considering that cap space just across the NHL is really scarce right now. I mean, not a lot of teams are going to be willing to take on that cap hit. If if the caps are willing to eat some of the money, maybe, maybe they can make that work. But you know, then that that requires maybe another move that has to be made. Is it a, a Lars Eller who has been scratched uh, as of late as well? You know, there there are certainly other moves uh, that they would probably have to consider if if that's on the table. So you know, I think that there probably is a team or two out there that would be interested in the type of player that Mantha is. You know, his, his metrics overall defensively have been pretty good this year. Uh, maybe you know they think that they can help him finish his plays. I mean, I I'll tell you, I so many games where I feel like. Mantha just played really well in the offensive end. And you look at the stat sheet and it's zero goals, zero assists. And you're like, well, you know, he had a, a good game, but nothing to show for it sometimes. And then that's kind of what you have, what you have and what you kind of get with Mantha at certain points. So if there's a team that thinks they unlock that and, and turn those chances into goals, uh, certainly they'd be willing to take a chance on him. But, you know, with that cap hit, as we've mentioned, uh, it does make things a little bit trickier. So one of the other players you just mentioned is
0: Lars Eller. It seems like a logical move to make, uh, being that this is the last year uh, on his deal. So if they don't make if they don't sign him to a contract, then he just walks and the caps get nothing for him. Do you see Eller moving by the end of the season? You know, it's kind of been complicated by the fact that he has filled in kind of done pretty good at the center position.
1: Do you see them moving on from Lars Eller by the end of the season? I think it's something that has to be on Brian McClellan's mind. I mean, he has been the Capitals' best faceoff center uh, all season long. Mm-hmm. He, he plays uh, important roles on special teams. Uh, you know, I know a lot of fans. Uh, have been clamoring for them to go younger and to give guys like Connor McMichael uh, and perhaps Alexi Protus a chance at center over him. But you know, bringing the veteran presence that he does, bringing that he can play uh, so many roles, I think he is an important piece of this team. You mentioned being on the last year of his deal. That might be the biggest reason why the Capitals do decide to move on from him. It's just uh, in order to turn that into something where you can get multiple years out of a player or package him up with somebody else. You know, Who knows? There, there are a lot of options on the table for Brian McClellan. But as I mentioned, cap space is so scarce around the league. Eller's 3.5 million dollar cap hit is someone that something that a team would have to swallow. So, uh, you know, this is this is certainly not an easy decision. There's a lot of moving parts uh, for this Capitals team. But uh, if I were to make a guess right now, I would probably have to say that Eller stays. Uh, and and if they do make any moves at the deadline, they're probably not going to be too splashy.
0: And it seems like a good opportunity for McMichael next season or something like that. So maybe just let Eller, you know, play out the end of his contract. You know, the interesting thing is that if John Carlson does not, in fact, come back, I think that they're going to need to make a trade or something of that nature to help shore up that position. You take a look at Gustafson and different players on the blue line that have stepped up. But if John Carlson, for whatever reason, is out for the rest of the season, I do think that is the greatest uh, position of need. Wouldn't you agree on that?
1: Yeah, I would say that, that you know, they've kind of been going back and forth, forth between Alex Alexiev and Matt Irwin for that last right D spot. You know, they're they're all lefties, so they probably would like to get a right shot defenseman in there too, Uh considering that these guys have kind of been playing out of position a little bit, probably is, is what makes the most sense roster construction wise. Uh If they were to make a move, I think, you know, maybe they decide to bring in uh, a center, I mean, I'm sorry, a, a winger, Uh, Just because of the injuries that they've had, you know, somebody to to add a depth option there, uh, you know, if they, you know, they can always send Protus down. So if they want to keep Protus uh, in the minors uh, down in the AHL and have uh, another veteran winger uh, on the active roster, I think that makes sense as well. But probably, I think, as you mentioned, defenseman right shot, you know, for that third pairing is, is probably the most logical spot.
0: All right, Matt. Once again, I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Matt's been great and joined us twice a month. So just a really positive addition to the show. A true insider. He's at the morning skates. He's at the games, this kind of thing. Some real insight that you can't get everywhere. Matt, are there any big stories uh, that you're working on right now?
1: Just have put out a preview on the Penguins game tomorrow and why it's a pretty unique game. Uh, for these two teams as they're both fighting for their playoff lives right now. So if you want to check that out, go over to NBCSportsWashington.com.
0: All right. Once again, Matt, I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Locked on Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Homie, and I'll talk to you again next time.